Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to another episode of Pleb Chain Radio. We have a fun show ahead of us today. Uh, we'll discuss a few interesting topics that have happened in the in the week in Nostra uh, and in the outside world, especially Banking Bad, which QW we were talking about was on a brief hiatus, but uh, seems to have reared its head back well and truly uh, this week. So there's that. We, of course, have the lightning round with the Nostra report. This week, it's going to be Condalorian leading us through that. And then we're excited to welcome a podcasting legend, Nanya Bidness, <laughs> and Nostra. Is that how you say his name, KW? Because I only just you know, I, I, I <laughs> Nanya Business. I, I would have to say, yeah, that's his uh, Nostra account. Um, but there but, is a D in there, isn't there? Nanya Bidness. Yeah, yeah, I guess there is. I guess there is. I, I you know, it's one of those things that uh, you don't say out loud. You just kind of read it, uh, kind of like a lot of <laughs> things we do. Uh, whether it's Damas, Damas, uh, only only until you're in a, a Bitcoin meetup do you look like you're speaking Greek, you know. <laughs> right. Well, so we are excited to welcome him, uh, someone who's done seven hundred over seven hundred podcast episodes with the Bitcoin and podcast, which is, I mean, we're we're talking about our ninth episode. QW as a great achievement, seven hundred and twenty or whatever number he's at is mind-boggling to me and so. a lot of the times it's him by himself so he's just a machine uh yeah and he, and he just joined the audience but uh it's amazing to me um the amount of uh dedication he's had to it over the years uh so i'm really really excited to uh have him and i'll share my my story about why too um a little bit a li- little bit later great so why don't you take us away qw with well, this, the topics. I mean, first of all, let's let's take a step back and just look at breaking uh, banking bad and also the ordinals. Both of us were uh, were kind of. I mean, this we were almost to the point where we're giving financial advice. How how right we were, you know, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so I mean, not that we are, but uh, I'm just saying we 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 kind of had the uh, the, the we, we had the line on this. Uh, we knew b- b- banking bad just got started, and it and it really is still. Um, but if we look at the uh, ordinals, when last time we had a show uh, last week, I mean, it was cleared. Uh, we were clearing. We thought it was all gone. And then it just came back with a vengeance. So it's uh, <laughs> it, it's and, and right now, I don't even I think last time I checked, it was up to like 180 sats per uh, V byte, um, which, like you said, I, I believe you said it's robbery or it's uh, something along those lines. It's just it's just just pure pain. Um, but it came back. So. You know, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit, especially with our guests as well. Yeah, that, and it's not it's not monkey JPEGs this time, right? It's uh, it's shit coins. It's these BRC twenty oh, tokens. My God, I I I found that. I so so I'm like, okay, what are these BRC twenties? And at first, I thought it was just like one token. You know, I thought it was just one token. Uh, 
then I realized it's tokens, plural. So I, I started searching as I was trying to kind of, because we're all kind of looking at this like, uh, you know, we're in, we're in Noster land. So we're not really jive with the, uh, the, the Twitter uh, chicoinery. So when I started looking into it, we found that website, Orb, Orb Space. Uh, and I jump on there and there's 9,000 coins on there. Just, just, just garbage, pure garbage. Then you go to the collection. There's uh there's, there's, there's your monkey JPEGs. So it's there, it's live. It's, it's ready to be sold and bought and sold. Um, but I, you know, two days went by and the tokens jumped 2000 quantity. I mean, it went from like 9,800 to 11,800. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's going nuts. And, and the fact that that's what we're paying miners, we're paying miners with that. Is that what's going on? So when I go to transfer tokens, uh, on, on the, on the, on the base layer and I'm like, well, what the hell is that fee? I'm just going to wait till it clears again. The question is, does it ever, um, you know, do, do we just stick with lightning? Do we have to, uh, uh, you know, and is lightning, is it ready? Is lightning ready for, uh, for this kind of noise, um, in ordinals, you know? Well, we'll find out. And yeah. I think it will be, it will be things like lightning, uh, and then Fediment. That was, uh, I think they raised, uh, or they added to their series a recently. So that's exciting, right? So it will be these types of layer two solutions. Yeah, um, that, that bail us out of this eventually. Uh, but I think at the base layer, we're in, we're, going to be in a world of pain for a while. I mean, it's going to ebb and flow like we saw with the monkey JPEGs, right? It The mempool cleared a couple of times and now this BRC20 nonsense has, has come in. My hope is, and we'll get into this maybe a little bit with our guest as well, but uh, there is this uh, destroyer of ordinals transaction <laughs> that, that seems to have happened. I, I don't. I mean, there, there's two sides to that. Some are, There are people claiming that it's not really a destroyer of ordinals. Uh, but let's hope that it is a bug that is introduced into the protocol, the ordinals protocol, right? Uh, which is a completely fictitious and made up. And you're talking that, about the the breaker of JPEGs, you know, the breaker a, of JPEGs, <laughs> the super test net. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, and I, I I did notice, and I haven't do- dove into it because a lot of the stuff that uh, so Fiat Joff is 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 working on a couple things, um, and. I don't. It's so far over my head. I don't really know what to make of it. But it looks like there might be some uh, some lightning competition, possibly. And then uh, there's things, something called Space Chain. Um, my 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 Bitcoin meetup uh, uh, guy that runs that. He's buddies with uh, Fiat, and and he's been trying to. He's going to do a webinar talking about the the Space Chain. But it's it, it's a whole other thing that uh, you know we we only I mean we're only scratching the surface on wh- where we're going. So it's exciting to to see where you know what ordinals is just kind of a, a thing that came, but I think we're going to see a lot of reaction to it that might actually turn to be positive, you know. Um, but yeah. we'll we'll see about that. Another thing that happened this week, um, kind of cool. Uh, Jack created uh, the Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund Noster account, um, so you can zap it. Uh, I mean, I I don't know about you, but when I went to the the actual website. You got to go through the whole motion of, uh, you know, putting in the wallet address and doing all the, you know, kind of the the pre-Noster um, experience as far as sending Bitcoin. I love the fact that he made that account. Um, that was the f- first thing I, I, I said when I looked at it was, um, look, hey, Jack, can you can you make this account? And uh, it happened. So it was a Zapathon target yesterday. Um, and uh, I don't know if anybody did today, but I did notice that it generates a receipt. 
Uh, so I don't know if that's something where if you're donating, you 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 save your receipt and, and file your taxes. Uh, I'm all set on that, but uh, that that is something that uh, that 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 came about. Um, and then we had that MicroStrategy conference. I don't know a lot about it, other than it looks like Nostra was very uh, involved in in some of the slides. I saw Will up on the uh, the big screen and it showed how many zaps he had. But what I thought was interesting was the corporate uh, corporate strategy and the way they can incorporate uh, incentives within uh, the corporation. So if you if you if you hit a, a, a weight if you if you're working out and you hit a, a, a weight goal, or if you uh, you know uh, help a help a help a a, a fellow uh, uh, fellow uh, you know in, in the corporation, if you if you help someone else, you you get sats. So it's a reward mechanism that's built into the actual. Uh, uh, a corp. So that's, that's cool. Um, I don't know much more than that other than that. So I'm really looking forward to some video coming out of that conference. Yeah, there has been much, uh, it, it should be wrapping up soon, right? It's been going on for a couple of days now at this point. I think it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it is over. Yeah. Yeah. They're back at the, uh, they're back at Disneyland. So <laughs> I guess it's Disney world there. Um, so banking bad, yeah, it's back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were talking about this on on the show last week, and we were saying the kindest thing the Fed can do, or the Feds, I should say, can do is to take FRC, uh, First Republic Bank, behind the shed and put them out of their misery. <laughs> so that that happened, and lo and behold, a couple of days later, I think started on Monday. Um, or maybe Tuesday, we had Pacific West and maybe three or four other commercial banks whose stocks drop by 30, 40, maybe even 50% in some cases. So th that's not looking good. And the one concern that I've seen is U.S. Bank uh, is a bit of a sleeper here. U.S. Bank is, I think, the fifth or the sixth largest bank. And it's in this weird spot where it's not a systemically significant bank. It's not considered one, right? Like JP Morgan, Bank of America, Citibank, and a couple of others, Wells Fargo. It doesn't fall into that category, but it doesn't fall into the Silicon Valley Bank and uh, Pacific West or, or even First Republic sort of lower rung. So it's, it's in that weird space where it is almost too big to fail. And its stock at one point had dropped 25% or or maybe even 30% over a week or 10-day period. So that is a little troubling. Uh, I think the impact of U.S. Bank potentially going down would be pretty significant. It would by far dwarf Washington Mutual, right, which is uh, the biggest bank failure we've seen, and that was in 2008. U.S. Bank would dwarf that by, by a significant amount. Uh, so that's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, and 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 in that same kind of wheel well, um, you know, number one, Pac Pac West went down eighty six percent. So, it, <laughs> since it's high, it's it's it was like floundering. I think it was at like two dollars yesterday. In uh, and, and, and all regional banks in in general, um, as as a whole, are down thirty five percent. Um, so they're, they're, they're bleeding out and, and really it's, you know, we keep getting told, oh, it's one off, it's one off. Oh, just, uh, you know, this is a, 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 a one, one case deal, but we're seeing it all around. Um, you know, MSM isn't, isn't really reporting on it too much. So when you talk to normies, you're like, Hey, what, what's up with these banks? They're like, huh? What banks? You know, they, they look at you like you got three heads, but, uh, you know, in, in that same kind of 
odd, weird area. Uh, I'm watching Charles Schwab. It's a trading, but it's a bank. Uh, it's kind of in the center there. Um, I don't know what Bear Stearns was, but you know, if you look at that, uh, if you look at that, uh, uh, you know, you say Washington Mutual Bank was the biggest that collapsed. Uh, Bear Stearns was that a bank or was that just a trading desk? Um, I'm not sure what that was, but it seemed it like was that not was not a commercial bank, right? It wasn't a commercial bank, yeah. Right. So it doesn't go, it doesn't factor into that. Uh, you know, this is the amount of the, the bubble that popped in 2008 uh, to 2012. Um, and yeah. that, that collapse, there was 150 banks uh, in a four year period that went down. Um, and we're at what, four? <laughs> so uh, yeah. maybe five. Uh, I can see this really going downhill quick. Um, and, you know, the Fed and the Treasury. They're creating, uh, they're creating kind of a back channel uh, to quickly uh, sell off these banks that fall. So, um, you know, let's say mm -hmm. PacWest goes, uh, you know, Bank of America might be next to, to, to actually absorb them. So these big yeah. banks are, 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 are basically getting them for, for dollars on the uh, cents on the dollar. And it's, it's just really odd. Uh, but the fact that the Fed and the Treasury are starting to be proactive about this kind of tells you where we're going, especially when uh, when Powell's continues to raise rates, which is, you know, that's fine. Yeah. But uh, it, it seems like we're definitely going places uh, similar to 2008 to 2012. Oh, it is a de facto nationalization of the banking system. I mean, in my mind, the systemically significant banks Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, et cetera, right? Those are just, at this point, just arms of the federal government. Right. So the fact that these smaller banks are consolidating into them is is a de facto nationalization, in well, my mind. Uh, let, let me ask you, do, if, if, if you were to introduce CBDCs, would you want a lot of banks or would you want to centralize? You know, if you want, you, would it work with regional banks or would you want to... Bring it, swallow them up as much as you can, and get on board with the CBDCs. I I think the issue with CBDCs is so that's a really good point, right? The more decentralization, in a sense, right? But if the more players you have, the more regional banks you have, uh, they would be opposed to a CBDC because that it would obviate them, right? Uh, it would disintermediate them in, in some or some of their functions anyway. So the fewer dissenting voices you have, the better it is for a CBDC agenda. But QW, why don't we hold that thought on CBDCs, the potential connection between Fed now or not for our guest segment? Um, and why don't we get into our lightning round now? Let's do it. Let's Let's bring corn on. The one and only Corn DeLorean. Hey, hey, welcome, or welcome to me. <laughs> welcome to me. <laughs> welcome. No, thanks, guys. Happy to be here. What have you got for us, Corn? Yeah, so you know, we'll we're going to take a little bit different uh, format this week, and so much happens in just a week time. It's really hard to to just blast through it all. So I uh, want to just pick a few things, a few key highlights from the week and maybe um, discuss it, see what you guys have to think about some of this. And um, to kick it off, there's really, for me, looking back over the week, um, two really big areas that that stood out to me. You know, there, there's so much going on in the world, as you guys were just talking about with Banking Bad. Um, all the craziness there. And 
all of it to me just highlights the need so much more for technologies like Noster or Bitcoin. Um, and so really kind of the, to me, the two biggest news items this week, um, I want to jump back to last weekend. We had two Noster users, Sir Sleepy and Tanel, and they did a pretty amazing thing. They spent 24 hours straight, um, running Noster nests with guest after guest after guest. And when they first announced that, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're both really fun guys. I love their memes. I love their jokes. And I thought, Hey, this is going to be a lot of fun. But as I started looking at the, the lineup and listened to as many as I could, um, man, just what an incredible highlight they were able to place on everything that's happening on Noster. Um, let me pull up their list of guests here. You know, they had uh, kicked it off with Mason and Katie. Uh, Mason is doing the Noster, Noster.line um, relays. You know, no, no particular order here, but, you know, Berberica, um, Eric Ross, Ethan Brugerman, Kieran, um, let's see, Pablo, who is literally working on everything. Um, Nostra Report, can't leave us out. <laughs> uh, uh, it caught a little bit of yours, Avi, uh, early in the morning on Saturday. Uh, Jack Shakani, Hoddlebod, Will and Vanessa, and the list just goes on and on and on. Such an incredible lineup of guests. And, and for me, what it really highlighted is the amount of passion, the amount of love, the amount of dedication that everyone on Noster has from devs to users, to designers, to content creators. You know, we may be small compared to some of these other um, networks that exist at the moment, but we are hella mighty. <laughs> And it's going to be amazing to see where Noster goes from here with this kind of work and this kind of dedication being put into it. So to me, that's, that's one of the biggest stories from the week. Um, and then let me get back to my list. Or actually, let's, I did say this would be conversational. So how, how did you guys take the, the frog talk last week, 24-hour nests? Yeah, I thought it was the breadth of topics that were covered uh, were exceptional, right? I mean, you had some completely freewheeling and hilarious conversations to deeply technical ones to some deeply philosophical ones. Um, so I enjoyed it. I, I caught, I didn't catch every single minute of it. I mean, it's a 24-hour nest for heaven's sake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, But I did catch a significant piece um, and I enjoyed it. It was, and I couldn't agree more. Con it, it highlighted the uh, the breadth of innovation and and thought and thinking, right? That's happening in Nostra. You know, they they did rug our show last week, though. We should talk about that. You know, they did start their twenty uh, four hour nest right 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 at, towards the end of our show. So we did see some audience uh, move over, which I thought was pretty funny, actually. Uh, but it, yeah, it it was great. And, and just just the just twenty four hours alone. You know, I I went to bed. Um, it was still going on. I think Friday was the uh, 
that it was basically a bar room at that point. Uh, I think Derek was, uh, uh, I think he was the, he, he, he was the king of that, uh, that, um, but, uh, then I wake up in the middle of the middle of the night, like three, four in the morning to feed my kid. And it's still going on. Then I, then, then, uh, well, and that's when Avi was on actually. Uh, and then I wake up again, a few hours, it's still going on. I finally was able to jump in uh, a few of them uh, right after Pablo was there, uh, and it it's it was cool. I mean, uh, you know, I got in with UTXO, uh, listened to his nodeless. I mean, just the amount of uh, ideas that that really haven't I mean that that haven't hit the street yet. You know, that that, that haven't got the traction, but you can see where everything's going. Uh, it's just amazing to, it, it really was, it, it was beautiful. I mean, it was well-rounded um, and, and Sleepy Tunnel did an amazing job. So uh, especially filling the roster in a short period of time, because I know how it is when, we, when, when we're trying to put someone on a show and we're trying to get all these time zones put together. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it, 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 well done. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. They did a great job. And uh, yeah, some of the, some of the late Friday night segments were kind of funny. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, made you want to grab a made you made you want to crack a beer. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. The other big item I have um, is the uh, announcement from OpenSats. So OpenSats announced that they had received a ten million dollar donation from Jack Dorsey's um, hashtag start small initiative. And this $10 million will be used to support the development of free and open source software and projects focusing on Bitcoin, Noster, and related technologies. NVK and Dergigi will be on the board, um, among others, I believe, but their names specifically were mentioned. Um, and then they gave a link as a way to apply if you're looking for funding. Um, but yeah, the, the generosity from people like Jack, and I know there's others pouring their, uh, their resources, both their time and their money into Bitcoin and Noster. <clears throat> and it's just so encouraging to, to see that kind of dedication to ultimately to freedom, because that's what you know, Bitcoin and Noster are ultimately about defending and protecting freedom everywhere in the world and in some places giving freedom where it doesn't exist right now so let's see here sorry my kids ran in and out distracted <laughs> it was interesting that he donated dollars because normally he donates bitcoin you know I, I, so on that note, QW, I was listening to the rabbit hole recap with Odell and Marty, right? And Odell, uh, I, I think both of them are deeply involved in the open sets. Yes, yeah, they are. And so their rule is if they see a dollar, they smash by Bitcoin with it. There's no strategy. If, if, if a dollar comes by their way, it immediately gets converted to Bitcoin. So no harm, no foul. The, no filthy fiat is sitting around anywhere. If yeah, that is Jack, Jack had to burn some USD, you know, he had to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another really big item this week, we've been seeing several clients start to implement the uh, Noster Wallet Connect, NIP 47. Um, so that was officially merged as a NIP on Noster. 
Um, and what uh, Nostra Wallet Connect does is provides a way for clients to access a remote Lightning wallet <clears throat> through a standardized protocol. Um, I believe we've seen this already with Amethyst and Snort, I think. And then uh, Domus is working on implementing it. And so this is going to enable things like one click or one tap zaps, which is really going to um, integrate zaps that much more into the Noster user interface and experience. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. What do you guys think about Noster Wallet? Well, bot zapping is going to become a thing, right, Con? I mean, the family fortune is going to be drained because you accidentally bot zapped yeah. it away. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, I, I I look at the NIP, I see that there's there are some error codes that can be thrown back for things such as exceeding your budget or exceeding your wallet balance. So I'm, I'm thinking that means that wallets or clients or both, uh, I'm hoping there's going to be a way to set, you know, a, a, a budget either for the wallet as a whole or a budget per transaction per day. I don't know. Some some kind of control would be good. I do like having the extra step right now of having to confirm um, sending anything just in case. Mm -hmm. It will make Zapathons a... It will be a game changer for Zapathons, though. The speed at which you'll be able to zap. Because right now, with that... Because I, I tend to multi-zap posts to get the throughput uh, gains. And it's like maybe three or four seconds between zaps. If you can reduce that to less than a second with a single tap zap, then we're talking, I mean, Ralph is, is, is he still there? Yeah, Ralph is going to be in the high thousands if that's the case in the <laughs> Zapathon. Yeah, some of mine, you know, I'll tap the, the zap button in, in Domus and it'll it'll take a good, some of them are, are really fast right away. Some of them take a good three, four, five seconds and not quite sure what's going on in the background, but I know it's trying. And sometimes I just have to abandon it and move on to the next one, unfortunately. Yeah, same here. I mean, I don't know if it's uh, finding a channel outside of uh, Wallet of Satoshi uh, or, you know, just whatever node you're zapping. I mean, you never really know what people are running, uh, the, the yeah. recipient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I, th I think it's going to be a, a huge game changer or zaps in general and the way that we use them in Noster. Um, it's amazing how, I mean, just Zapathon alone, it's amazing how much we, you know, just that little gamifying, how much we all learn <laughs> along the way, uh, you know, about these, these, these wallet connects and, and get Albi and uh, different nips. Uh, we, we, you know, if we weren't involved in the Zapathon, would we even really think about this stuff, you know? Our, our acute senses going uh, going haywire just because we're we're part of this. You know, it's funny uh, how much how much more Bitcoin users on Noster know about in general, generally speaking, know about things like Lightning and LNURL Lightning addresses um, than Bitcoiners at large on Twitter. There's a lot of crossover now, I know, but. Um, I've been playing around with LNURL and Lightning addresses for the last year and a half, couple of years. Um, and 
several times would post on Twitter and ask somebody, you know, does anyone have a lightning address? I'll send you some sats and nothing crickets, nobody, or inevitably the question, what's that? Or somebody would post an invoice that wouldn't fit <laughs> in a single tweet. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's uh, reminiscent of December Noster, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just commonplace here. Like if somebody joins Noster now and they don't have a, a wallet connected to their account, you've got 15 people ready to help them set up Ellen URL and, you know, half a dozen different wallets that support it. And so I think it's just cool how Noster, just through things like Zapathon, sending sats back and forth, zapping posts, how much it has taught um, people that otherwise didn't know anything about Lightning how to use it. Yeah, I will say that I, I've noticed the Grow Noster uh, hashtag. Uh, I see a lot of them that that aren't really in the Bitcoin community saying Zapathon. You know, uh, it is it is something that's kind of universal. Uh, it, it's a that's game cool. that's universal. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, I know we're coming up on on time here. Look, if I can just share, I picked a favorite quote of the week. Um, and it was hard to pick between these two, but I really like this one from Roya. Um, she said, we all have the same 24 hours as Pablo. How will you use them? And, you know, Pablo is an inspiration, all the work he's doing for Noster. And it's so true. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day. We can't all work full time on Noster, unfortunately, but the time we have to give um, is so appreciated. And it's it's fun to find new ways to to use them to help Noster. Yeah, uh, uh, Pablo is certainly is leading by example. Do you, I, did you say you had another quote? He, uh, can we confirm oh. that Pablo has twenty four hours? I feel like he's got <laughs> he's he's got a mini app that slows time down or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Avi, I did have another one. Um, this one was from, from Jack and he said, I'm in constant awe at the entire Bitcoin effort and Bitcoin core specifically. It really is a miracle. Even if it ultimately fails, asterisk, it showed everyone what's possible. And then the asterisk is it won't fail. And yeah, impossible. It's, it's impossible. How can uh, I feel if, if, if it's I have too a big to fail. and you have, yeah, I have a private key. If either of us have a, has a node and a miner, we're good. I mean, even if it went down, the whole network went down for 10 minutes, it would still, right when it came back, it would just, it would just keep going. So it's not, uh, it's not like it doesn't, it, it, it won't stop. All right. You ready for uh, our guest? I sure am. All right. Let's bring Nunya up. Can you hear your business? You are muted. There we are. Hey. <laughs> can you hear me now? We can hear you now. My gosh, it, it sounds perfect, honestly. Um, okay. Your mic, your mic you, you must have some uh, experience. 
uh, a, a little, but the, uh, you know, the mic is just a, is, you know, just a standard, like the, that road podcaster app at, or uh mic. And honestly, man, these things actually rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, the road, which one do you got, Avi? I got the shore MV seven. Right. So, and I'm, I'm over here on my blue, uh, Yeti blue. Uh, it, it's a cheapie, but, uh, it does, it does, it's, it does its job. Now these microphones do just fine. I mean, unless you're going to be in some kind of weird, you know, studio setting and you need the $5,000 Neumann U84 <laughs> or something like that, then, you know, these things are just fine. It's, there's just no reason to go out and spend that much cash. Right. So I, I, I really was actually looking forward to our conversation um, because you you are part of my Noster story. Um, you know, you joined. I, really? I checked. Uh, yeah, you were. Uh, uh, let's see here. You came on December fourteenth uh, yep. is when you when you made your first post, um, and shortly after in that week, um, you know, and I heard about Jack making those uh, making the investment, and you know, I've I dragged my feet a little bit. I'm like, well, I've already checked out Mastodon. I'm, I'm I, I might check this out, but uh, I listened to your podcast and uh, you were talking about um, Noster in general and you were talking about how it's uh, kind of game changing, how you take your insect and you uh, you can go from client to client and, and you carry all your followers and, and everything kind of uh, the grand idea about it. And uh, that and that was driving home at the time. And uh, right when I got home, I'm like, screw it, I'm going in. So that was uh <laughs> That was December nineteenth, uh, I believe. My first post was, but it was five days later. But you were the uh, cam- the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So I really right. appreciate that. Yeah. So I mean, you do you 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 matter, man. You know you, you, <laughs> what you do. Uh, you know, I know you're alone in a lot of your shows, probably talking to yourself, and uh, and yep. you post your show, and you're like, I wonder who listened. You know, all you have is uh <laughs> is statistics going. You know, but uh, yeah. you know. I, I will say I'm not just listening. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing too, you know? So that's, that's uh, much appreciated, man. That's yeah. Very much appreciated. Yeah. And then, and then that, and that week right after, um, pleb chain began, uh, and then right after that Zapathon began. So the question is, if you didn't do that podcast, would those things be here? You know, that's cause, <laughs> cause it was like the, you know, one thing leads to the other. Uh, so yeah, well, we're all, I mean, that's, see, that's the thing that I, I, really truly believe that all of us are connected in ways that we will never know how we're connected there are there are like you can go be friends with somebody like you know you go and you had a friend for 15 years your best friend you know that connection but what about all the connections that you don't know like like that i had no idea that i had any part to play whatsoever and you getting on noster and I certainly wouldn't have any, you know, any knowledge about what would come after that, you know, you, you start hanging around, start hanging around on Noster. And so those kind of connections, it really feed, feed into the general mind space that I have about permaculture and how important ecology is and that we don't really understand ecology because we're constantly being bombarded by the hystericists who keep telling you how we're killing ecology because of carbon and, and whatnot like that. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand what ecology actually is. And it's this, these myriad connections that all these different elements that exist in that ecology have with each other 
most of those connections go completely unnoticed by the very elements that make up the connections themselves. And it ends up being this wonderful map of life. And most of it is completely unseen. It's bizarre, but I love it. Well, and that's your intro to your uh, show, right? Uh, when you're studying most, the, the, <laughs> the, most the, of the connections. <laughs> yeah, I actually need to change that because I, I wrote that and recorded the intro to the show. Well, that was the intro to the show, I think, uh, beginning the fourth or fifth show sometime in late 2018. And I've never changed it. And it needs, I need to change it because I'm, I'm, I'm doing different, different things, but I'm God damn it. If I'm just so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 700 and what 11 shows you you seem lazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're at, we're at show nine. Uh, but Hey, that's nine, nine, nine shows, nine weeks. Uh, you know, you, you, you got what two shows a week, three shows, sometimes four or five. Uh, I try to do one a day, every single day, Monday through Friday, Friday. Yeah. That's lazy. That's lazy. Well, we need two. If Pablo could do five shows a, a day, you got to get with it. Well, I wouldn't worry about the whole nine nine thing because you know I was on my ninth show. I don't think anybody was listening. I just kept doing it. I don't know why, but I've got this little, I've got this little, uh, oh Chinese fortune cookie fortune that I'm looking at right now. I stuck it in my monitor. Everything must have a beginning. And there you go. I, I look at that every I look at that every day now. Ever since I got it in my little cheap ass Chinese fortune cookie, it's ba basically the only thing that I've ever gotten out of a fortune cookie that made any sense to me at all. <laughs> I do. They have been getting worse. I feel like too. Uh, it, oh, it's it's yeah. I, maybe did I'm the just lottery numbers older. work out? Uh, Nanya, did the lottery numbers on that fortune cookie work out? Oh, I never do that. <laughs> I, I might as well just take you know five dollar bill put it in a paper bag and douse it with diesel and light it on fire for as good as that shit is so it was well, yeah, go ahead, yeah i was just uh so you started in 2018 why why did you do that oh there was no way i was going to let this train leave the station without my ass firmly planted in a seat yeah i mean and i'm talking about bitcoin in general yeah, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. And the last few shows that I've done, I've been screaming for people to claim their namespace, whether it's like specifically, you know, if you're not on Noster, go claim your namespace. But, you know, today I was talking about uh, Zapit.live. Uh, the, they just opened up NIP, uh, NIP 15 compatible marketplace. It's still pre-alpha, so I, I wouldn't trust it, but it's a thing. It's there. And and, and and the my entire shtick today was claim your namespace and it means more than just your branding and getting your name out there it's about learning how all this stuff works and back in 2018 i had by that time i had been in since september of 2015 and i'd listened to all these other podcasts and and a lot of them i really liked and you know a lot of them that i used to listen to aren't around anymore and i just decided well yeah, you might. It's like you've been wanting to do one for a while, so you might as well do this one. And so, it really wasn't. It really wasn't my decision to start it. It was. It's my continuing decision to wake up that day and do another one. And that's that's where it becomes 
not a battle, but that's the more important decision. The The decision to start is very important because again, everything must have a beginning. It's the decision to continue. And a lot of people don't really put a lot of forethought into what that actually means. And I think it's every bit, it's an, it's like a beginning every day. It's like destroying the, the there's a, I don't know if it's Indian culture or philosophy, but there there's some culture that believes that the universe is created and just destroyed every second or millisecond or nanosecond and recreated over and over and over and over and over again. It's that it the continuation is like beginning again all over again, if that if that makes sense. But it's just as important as the first step. And is that how you go into every new episode? Yeah. You, you, you think of it as I'm burning down what I did previously and I'm starting something brand new. No. Now that from that standpoint, I don't think of it that way. Uh, I, I, I basically say I'm going to do this again. And then I'm, then I start thinking about, will I do, you know, will I do it tomorrow? And I'm not suggesting that I'm like at any given time, I'm going to quit. That's not the point. The point is that it's a conscious move because, you know, each one of these shows is a series of cold reads and it's about, they've been, uh, these things have been getting to be about an hour and a half. And you can really tell at the end of today's show, my voice is just get starting to get ragged. And, you know, so there's, there real, there really is, there's like real, actual physical work involved when you're talking for an hour and a half and doing it five days a week. It's, you know, it's, it's a task. And I mean, some people go, Oh yeah. Like, wow. I'm sitting in a chair and talking and I'm like, well, it's, it's a little bit more than that. But just that if it was just talking, even then talking straight for an hour and a half, that kind of a bitch sometimes, man, especially if you got any kind of allergies or sinuses, or if you're even remotely sick, it's wow. It could suck. It sucks bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, we do this once a week, so I don't think we put our voices under the level of strain that you do, but uh, Nania, you'd mentioned, I think you just mentioned 2015 was when you got into Bitcoin. Yeah, September. September 2015. So what what was that journey like? What got you into it? What did the next few years look like between that and you starting the podcast? I was working at a Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. And specifically, I was in the library. And I was in an office with no windows, fluorescent lighting, cubicles, and five other desks, four of which were filled at, at the time. So there was... Uh, five people in that particular in that particular office and we were all really good friends by the time that by the time I did my first buy uh, we were like we were really really tight and it was just a it was such a it was a fun room everybody wanted to be in that room Um, we were the only only room in that building that didn't have knives sticking out of our back because in academia especially at the uh, administrative level there's a real bullshit chicanery that goes on all the time and somehow or another we were insulated from it so we were always all happy and go lucky and i was you know with a bunch of develop uh, web developers and uh, another 3d guy and like you know sort of a whole bunch of geeks 
you know, geeks and nerds in a room partying together. And it was great. And one of them came up to me and said, Hey, have you heard about this Bitcoin thing? It seems right up your alley. And I started looking at it and I go, well, I, I've, I've seen digital economies before because I was a big gamer, lots of MMOs and, you know, first person shooters and all kinds of different, different games that I played and all of them tried to do that shit. And, uh, it always failed and I just didn't look at it again. And then Dogecoin came in and I wasn't really looking at that, but then they stuck Dogecoin on a race car in NASCAR in like 2014 or something like somewhere around there, early 2015. And I, and then we were just laughing and it was always fun because Dogecoin at the time was, it wasn't a shit coin that had any significance. It was just something that we all laughed at. And then somebody else said something about Bitcoin and then came along my dive down the permaculture rabbit hole, which took me to a lot of places that had people reading books like uh, Nassim or was it Nassim Taleb and uh, Anti-Fragile. And I started getting into that kind of thing. And then there was a whole bunch more libertarian thought that came into that. A whole, And then some anarchy stuff came in. And then I ended up listening to a bunch of Jack Spirico and the permaculture, uh, the uh, survival podcast. Um, and then he around, I started listening to him, I guess about 2013. And by the time 2015 hit, he was the third person in my ear about Bitcoin, except he was doing it through his podcast. And I was like, going, I go, okay, fine. I'm done. I'm, I'm done listening to you. I am just going to go smash by something and I get an account on Coinbase and I buy uh, $250 worth of Bitcoin. And then I immediately turned around and sent Jack Spirico 50 bucks worth of that, which is one fifth of a Bitcoin at the time for his uh, to sponsor his show for a year because I liked what he was doing. And when I set that transaction, it, it, that's when it kind of clicked, even though it was a Coinbase transaction. It was a, you know, from my Coinbase wallet. So I wasn't fully there, but I was on my way. And it was when I realized that I sent it directly to him and there was no visa. There was no MasterCard. There was no bank. There was no ACH. There wasn't a swift thing. There wasn't anybody telling me what I could or couldn't do. And there was something to that. And I just stayed in and kept staying in. And if you remember, if you go back to the charts, that was pretty much the last month of that particular brutal bear market that started after the Mt. Gox collapse. So I never saw the bear market part because I got in at the bottom of that bear. So I didn't know what a bear market felt like. And it was just up the mountain from there, brothers and sisters. And every single day we like, I was convincing my other teammates to go get some. And we would like, you know, at 3000, we were sitting there going, I just, we just can't handle these gains, bro. And it was just every meme under the sun, whether it was verbal or we were sending them back and forth. And it was just a, a room full of party goers. And then of course, you know, we get to 2017 and well, you know what happens around there. So. You, you, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you, that's sort of what it looked like. When you're talking about uh, your, your first experience with Coinbase and the feeling that you had, um, it, it was it reminded me of the way you talked about Noster when 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 I went home and and, and actually joined. You yeah. said it was kind of the same. Uh, 
I, I notice you're you're a hands-on person. You like to uh, if you hear about something, you want to actually get involved. Um, yeah. You know, you want to you'll get on ordinals and take a look and and, and maybe even inscribe something. What do you think? Now, ordinals, I, <laughs> ordinals, I won't. I won't do that because it's, right. it's got to be something that means something to me. Right. And you know, and if it's like you know, Noster meant something to me before I got on Noster because it was about communications, mm-hmm. and I think that that's important. You know, I when Bitcoin came along. Clearly, you know, money and the av- ability to send money for, you know, in exchange of value, that's an important human aspect of existence. Monkey JPEGs, not so much. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, I like I won't even try ordinals to learn about them so that I can bitch talk and, you know, talk smack about them even more <laughs> effectively because it's just not worth my time. Noster right. was, and I, I'm glad that that Noster turned out to be a lot more than what I thought. Just like Bitcoin turned out to be a lot more than what I thought going in. Well, and we have these moments where it's like kind of an epiphany, like when you when you buy your first Bitcoin, or you you actually move it into cold storage, or yeah. you make your first zap on Noster, and you realize how you know frictionless it is. Um, yeah. There's so many more coming. You know, there's so many more in this space that it's unlike anything that we've ever experienced in our. Uh, it, it truly feels like we're going forward in in uh, in life rather than uh, kind of sticking in the same uh, wheel well. So. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We're actually moving at a at a pace that I think is so fast. It's sort of like blowing through a small Texas town in the middle of nowhere, where if you blink, you'll miss it. Well, and That's you moved, how- didn't you? Move from a small Texas town. Yeah, I moved from uh, Canyon, Texas, uh, all the way up to eastern Washington State. So, yeah, 1,500 miles, something like that. A lot greener there, huh? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm a, I've always been a big fan, fan of the mountains and rivers and, you know, trees, which you don't really get that much of in West Texas. Uh, and, like, so being this close to the Rocky Mountains is fucking cool i just i gotta say it that way because there's just no other way to say it i miss being in texas and i'm always going to be a texan but god being able to drive 30 minutes to the to the east of me and be in the middle of the shit dude yeah (laughs) i love it and the 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 summers not you know i'm i am not going to miss 111 degrees fahrenheit for 30 days straight i live in I live in Phoenix, so uh, you know I, I I know what's up. Uh, yeah, uh, but see, at least in Phoenix, it's <laughs> it's dry, and people joke about, well, it's dry heat. Yeah, but it matters. Uh, <laughs> it's not though. I mean, we once once it gets really hot, we get our monsoon, and uh, depending mm. upon, I, I think it's El Nino this year, so it should be uh, it should be nice and wet. We had a wet winter, um, so it's it it is a dry heat a lot of the times, but you know we get a taste of it too. I mean, I lived in yeah. South Florida for a little bit, and I know. I know what yeah. humidity feels like, but at the same yeah. time, yeah, I, I know when you when you combine the two, um, there's there's that. Um, how's the Bitcoin economy a- around you? Uh, um, around me is it's it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and of course I'm at the you know like again eastern far east Washington, but I will take a look at the Bitcoin vendors map and I, I can't remember the actual name of the website off the top of my head, but it shows you where 
at least where at one point or another, there was somebody that accepted Bitcoin for <laughs> goods and services and they're Seattle kind of a hotbed. It's kind of amazing, honestly. And Tacoma just, which is just South of, of Seattle is sort of the same way. And then amazingly enough, there's actually a couple of small towns uh, in the middle of Washington that has like multiple people that will take Bitcoin um, accor according to the map. Of course, you have to ground truth that. And I haven't done that. But at one point or another, somebody really thought that quite a few people in Seattle took Bitcoin. So, But it's not not over here, not yet anyway. And on that, on a similar note, Nanya, you and I had, uh, I think maybe a day or two ago on a guy Swan post where he was talking about um, AI agents potentially uh, obsoleting middle managers, right? And then yeah. I somewhat shit posted on it saying, well, they're going to have to learn to work with their hands, become farmers, become artisans. Yeah, and and that's going to lead to uh, Bitcoin circular economy, hyper local Bitcoin circular economy. Uh -huh. Does that tie into your thinking around permaculture? Um, and and what and, and you know you because you replied to that saying you think about that a lot. So I'm I'm curious to hear your views on that. Well, in uh, today's podcast, I talked a lot about there was a uh, oh there was let me see if I can. Uh, see if I can't look at it. There was a, an article that I covered and hold on for a second. Let me just take a look. Uh, probably not going to be able to see it. Well, there was a, an article that I read that suggested, um, Oh, I can't remember the guy's name that was in the article. But he was, it was, um, it was a school, like a school that's going to open up or a class set of vocational classes for Bitcoin mining in college at, I want to say Jackson State College in somewhere in Florida, I guess in Jackson. In either event, the uh, curriculum is going to be shared with an Indonesian country and somehow or another they're going to like co teach. And the guy that, is it like a millionaire that's doing all this is going to go over the Indonesian teach. And one of the things that he said in this article, I really gripped onto because it, it does kind of go back to what you're saying was he was talking about how vocation and vocational education is going to be very much more important than it is right now. And I was like, yes, absolutely. It's going to be because at this point, you can't find welders, good electricians, plumbers, mechanics. Everybody wants to be a banker, a lawyer, a doctor. And there's only so many positions of that shit that, that can be filled. So you've got a whole bunch of people that are coming out with college degrees that can't really find work. But if they had gone to a vocational school, they would have more work than they would know what to do with. And now they're this guy's turning Bitcoin mining and all the things that go along with that into a vocational course to be taught to people out of high school. And 
that goes right into what you're kind of saying when we talk about permaculture and the cutting out of all the middlemen and people are actually going to have to start producing things. We're going back to a situation where vocation isn't going to be looked down upon. In fact, one of the things that I find the most odd is people that sneer at plumbers. And all I can think of is like that plumber's got way more money than you'll ever have because that plumber gets 11750 an hour. When was the last time you got 11750 an hour? I mean, do the math. So when we start thinking about permaculture and small farms and having to go back to actual production, that's going to be important. And what's weird is that the country, or at least the United States, and probably most of the West, is not set up to teach people how to produce anything. So I think the next level of educational investment, like, and I'm not talking, I'm talking straight up. I want to put a hundred dollars into this. I want to get $110 out of it. It's an investment, an actual monetary mm -hmm. investment, invest in vocational schools because that shit is going to be a real moneymaker over the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, for, the exact same, for the exact reasons that we were talking about. Yeah, I, I agree. And from a family business of 67 years with 150 employees uh, that work in the sun, I know all about it. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, we, we deal with the shortages and uh, we know the price point of people to, to get, get, get good employees, you know, um, and yeah. keep them because uh, there's a service industry shortage uh, mm -hmm. And especially skilled workers, uh, it's the next generation just isn't there. No, no. And I mean, they can learn. And, you know, the, I guess the question is, will they? And I don't I actually don't think that that's actually a, um, a good question. It's a real question. But, yeah, they're because you're going to have to. And mm -hmm. I just I honestly don't think that I honestly don't look at that as some kind of like backward step, because I kind of think that we've gotten, we've like the world has worked itself into this really high tech thing, just in general, like whether you're talking about how much code is being written and all the things that are automated and just as, just think of all the high tech you can and shove it into a ball. And that's sort of where we're at. Now, if we were to take a step back and Go, but like many of us go back to lands, many of us go back to farming, ranching, plumbing, elect electrician, you know, vocations. And yet we pull with us the very best parts of technology as we take this step back. I think it ends up being a really interesting possibility. Like, think of, I, I, I keep thinking about writing a book, like a, a literal fiction book, describing what it, what it is that I'm, I'm, I, that I see in my head, but essentially it's cave people. You would look at them and go, Oh, you're just like this primitive Neanderthal caveman. But it's like, no, what you're actually looking at is somebody who's smarter than the guy in the suit and tie, because they're marrying the very best of what was with the very best of what can be. And they're not letting either one of them subsume the other. And they're using it in conjunction to create a really beautiful world. I think that that can happen. Corn, you got something for us? 
Yeah, I was just going to anecdotally kind of touch on what you were talking about. Um, you know, trade, people learning trades versus traditional uh, college, university. And in my, in my upbringing, uh, I had an uncle in particular who every conversation you had with him was drilling into your head that if you didn't go to college, you weren't going to be successful. That was the only way to make something of yourself. Um, and one of my, one of my older brothers, when he graduated high school, decided to take a job with a local electrician. Um, we, our family knew the owner and he was growing his business in the area. And that was, man, probably, I don't know, over 20 years ago. And my brother's still with the same company. He's worked his way up. You know, he's one of their top guys, um, one of the best in the area, what he does. And I remember, you know, several years after he had been into doing his electrical work, um, he talked with my uncle. And my uncle, to my surprise, um, gave him a compliment and said, you know, you've You've really, you've really proved yourself. You've really done what I didn't think, um, you know, you would be able to do. And I, you know, it, it's kind of a weird way to look at it. He wasn't the nicest uncle, but um, I just think the the more that people can be encouraged to, to you know, if, if it's a trade that you want to take up, man, take it, learn it, be the best at it. Um, there's, you know, the the traditional two year, four year. Um, degree, master's degree, you know, if you have to have it for the job you want, okay, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but it's not the route that you have to go. Yeah. And I, I think this is symptomatic, th this sort of emphasis that gone that you're talking about on, um, on college degrees uh, is symptomatic of fiat elitism. Right, and I think we're at a point where we're ready to break, at least as Bitcoiners, certainly, right, ready to break away from this. I live in rural upstate New York after spending living for twenty years in the city, and I, everyone I talk to, it's mostly farmers and electricians and plumbers and mechanics and those types, those types of professions around here. They are all Bitcoiners without knowing they're Bitcoiners. I think the only resistance they have is that that leap to that technology and sort of accepting that this is, in a sense, cashless, which is something that they don't they don't fully trust. But philosophically, they they are they really are Bitcoiners, and uh, I I am looking forward to building those hyperlocal Bitcoin-based circular economies. Uh, which I'm really, and I'm really hoping that my fiat job gets obsoleted by AI. I am a middle manager in technology at a, you know, at a large com company, right? The large fiat company, uh, because that's finally going to allow me to focus on Bitcoin. Go AI, huh? Go AI. <laughs> <laughs> just eliminate me <laughs> eliminate my job please <laughs> that's that's an interesting take that's that's funny that's good so um moving on uh 
let's talk about ordinals a little bit. Um, Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Any what? So I mean, you 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 touched briefly. I know uh, Avi and I have. I guess. Do you see any positives to it? Honestly, no. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't be possibly short-sighted about it. Because let's be honest, nobody saw Nostra coming. We were all Bitcoiners. We've been in, entrenched in that in that rabbit hole for a while, and then and then all of a sudden, here comes here comes the Lightning Network, and holy shit! And we all thought we knew everything, and all of a sudden, here comes the third, what I call the third leg of the stool, which is Noster. And I, I, I could have never seen that coming. So therefore, I have to understand that while I really do think that at this point, pictures of rocks and monkeys don't make a hill of difference to anything that actually matters, that doesn't mean that somebody isn't out there saying, I know exactly how to apply this in a way that makes sense, provides value, and is not right-click savable. If that makes if that makes sense, but for right now, when I'm looking at it, I I think it's just a tremendous waste of human potential. But it's got I mean everything has to have a beginning. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not going to be so arrogant and 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 you know hubristic hubristic as to say that there's no possible way that this couldn't provide something. But as of today, right now, it's a huge steaming pile of shit. Right. And I, I keep going back to, you know, I, I try to have discussions and I'm, 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 I'm looking at this ord space and I'm just like, my brain is just pouring out of my ears. just like, what am I looking at? <laughs> uh-huh. And I just think like, oh my gosh, but there's so many people that it's like a wedge issue. There's so many people that, Oh, it's just witness data. It's just, uh, it's just this, it's just that. Oh, it's great for miners. You know, you're hearing all these things and I'm like, well, am I like the Luddite right now? Am I the one that's not seeing the bigger picture? Because all I'm seeing are these JPEGs and, and I'm thinking my, my nodes filling up because of this, uh, grand idea. I'm looking at these, uh, the, the, the numberings, the issues that they're having. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. then, but then you have that little force of, uh, the super test net, the breaker of JPEGs where you have kind of the OGs coming out, you know, with their own yeah. mechanism to, to break it. Um, yeah. I, I, it, there's such a push and pull. I mean, we might have a book in th- three, four years, kind of like the, the hash wars, you know, it, it could be something where it, this is a, a point in time where we're having this transition. Maybe we don't see it, uh, and maybe it'll work out to be the benefit but it's just so interesting to follow along. But at the same time, at this point in time, like you were saying, I don't see anything that's 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 net positive, period. Well, there is one thing that I can put my finger on that is net positive about ordinals. And Casey Rodarmer or Rodimer, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. The fact that he was able to do it. And, and so you got to have you know, a person willing to spend their time to pull something apart to the point that they can build something that fits into what they pulled apart, rebuild the whole thing. And all of a sudden now there's this new attachment and Casey love him or hate him was able to do that. He was able to fit 
something onto like a sidecar onto onto Bitcoin all by his lonesome. At least that, as far as mm-hmm. I know, he didn't have any help. And it showed us a, a potential attack vector. And in the early, especially in the earlier days, and we're talking, I'm talking like 20, you know, after I got in in 2015, through the years of 2016, 17, and 18, Bitcoiners were horrifically, horrifically, uh, uh, what, do, what do they call it? Uh, they were looking for any chink in Bitcoin's armor. How can we screw this up? How does this not work? What is it that we can do? What are the attack vectors? The the whole mindset of most of the Bitcoiners back then were all trying to actually break Bitcoin to figure out we need to know if it, if we can break it, it's better to find out now than later on especially when, you know, more and more dependency gets, gets on it. So like I said, love him or hate him, Casey introduced like a potential attack vector. Is it, I mean, I don't think he meant to attack the, you know, Bitcoin itself, but I'm glad that he showed that this could be done because now we have to go figure out a way to either, well, and fit in, I don't want to fix it because that means hard fork or soft fork or pulling out SegWit or doing away with Taproot. And honestly, ain't nobody got time for that shit. We just don't. It's that's, that's moving backwards in a way that is indescribably Mm -hmm. horrific. So we have to move forward. And one of the things that Guy Swan was talking about a few days ago, he did a guy's take and I can't remember what number, but it was this week. And he was talking specifically about ordinals. And one of the questions that he was asking at the end of his own show was, is there a way to disincentivize this? And lo and behold, here comes destroyer of Mm -hmm. ordinals. Yeah, that is a way to disincentivize something. And you don't need a soft fork. You don't need a hard fork. You don't need to jack with Segwit. You don't need a developer. It's all on the social layer. If yeah. everybody's confused as, as to what ordinal or inscription is what, because the ordinals are off by one, then there is a disincentivization to put any money into that at all, except what do we see? Mem pools are still filled. Nobody gives a shit. So <laughs> we have all this and we have to pull it all apart. Casey doing what he did. Super Testnet doing what he did, the social layer of the people still aping into apes, all of that taken together and you start pulling on these little threads. And when you do that, you find out more and more about your place as you relate to Bitcoin. And that's got to be a good thing. You know, Nanya, there is a difference between, I think QW was, he brought this up about uh, the block size debate, right? Block size is real. Right. In the sense that there, I mean, there are blocks and there is a size to those blocks. Right. It is real. It's empirical. Uh Casey Rodemore's genius was to create this reality distortion field around ordinals because ordinals are not real. Right. He has created this theology that individual Satoshis somehow exist. And right. You you can ascribe. Now. You could, if the you know, when we went through SegWit, we made the blocks four megabytes. I, 
I, I think anyone should have assumed if they right, and they should assume that if there is four MB of space, it will be filled right by hook right. or by crook. Yep. So that, that's, that's one issue, right? And so ins inscriptions are a way of using TypeScript to put arbitrary data into the witness side uh, sidecar, right? That's mm -hmm. but now the real reality distortion comes in in ascribing a claim to ownership around whatever bits of data are in that w witness section mm -hmm. of, of the block. And that's that's with the, this made-up theology around ordinals. So I think that's where his genius lies. And the, so if he do, if someone wants to attack ordinals, it's not a tech, it doesn't need to be a technological attack. It has to be a social layer attack on it, right? Just to point out right. the obvious flaw in this, I mean, it's horoscopes saying, hey, mm -hmm. look, there is this thing called a Satoshi. It's like saying, I doesn't, it, you know, my, I have a dollar bill and this is Korn's analogy, right? I have, you have a dollar bill and you say, yeah, but this dollar bill consists of one penny from 1992. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dollar bill. You can't serialize the pennies in that dollar bill, right? And, and that's what yeah. Casey is somehow convinced everyone to do. So I think we need to poke holes at the theological level, at the social layer, rather than at the technological layer. Yeah, and that's where that dis where you know um, destroyer of ordinals you know comes into play with a, a disincentivization play. So you get a situation where somebody comes out of the woodwork and does something you didn't expect, and then everybody we lost our collective minds. Oh, you're attacking Bitcoin. Oh, this is going to, I still have people in my Nostra feed saying, yeah, well, ordinals is going to destroy Bitcoin. Oh, good Lord, please. And then we get to, you know, yesterday or earlier this morning or whenever the news broke that, you know, uh, destroyer of ordinals released the ability for other people to do even more off by ones. And so you got this fight that's not happening directly on Bitcoin, but it certainly affects the size of what's going on to, you know, my node and your nodes and to everybody else's nodes. And yeah, there's a, a real physicality about that. And, and I totally understand that, but this is happening outside. And it's like watching these two things fight and go after each other is very much the same as watching two squirrels fight over a nut in a forest. It's the same ecology. It just looks different, but the rules are the same. The universe has a set of rules and all of us, whether we're in the mountains, in the deepest of oceans, in the middle of a freaking desert, we all have to function inside a set of rules, whether we know the rules or not. Because the same pattern repeats over and over and over again. A forest grows up, an outsider looks at the forest and says, isn't that beautiful? And then all of a sudden, a deer with his you know, antlers on fire runs through the forest and the son, son of a bitch catches it on fire. And we're like, oh my God, oh my God, look how that deer destroyed it. We've got to kill the deer. And I'm like, no, the deer is just doing what ecology wants it to do. And you got exactly the square root of F all to say about it. And it's the same thing here. This is just ecology playing itself out.
Man, those are some images you just gave us. That was hilarious. That was great. <laughs> that poor deer. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's so, uh, that's it. I mean, I'm I'm watching all the fights. I I I I, I chime into Twitter for you know uh, uh, a half a minute uh, a day just to just to see the. Uh, the bickering going on, but Udi and uh, Marty are really going at it together. And oh, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's getting ugly. It's just, wow, this is uh this thing that we're just watching on, you know, we're, we're, Noster's just a, such a different world in that respect, but uh, uh-huh. there, there's a real battle going on and uh, I'm happy I'm not in the middle of it. So QW real quick on that, right? If anyone wants a moral compass, or to decide on where they stand on ordinals, just look on who look at who's pro ordinals. You have Bitboy, you have Udi, you have Eric Wall, people of that ilk who are pushing the ordinals narrative, and then you have everyone else who's who's on the other side, right? So take your pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's something to be said about about that particular aspect because you can tell, you know, you can tell a lot about a person by the car they drive, the house they live in, the lawn they keep, you name it. There's these these telltales. And that kind of does influence my decision around ordinals because there's a lot of people in the space that I just like Udi. There was a time when I respected that dude and that was about 4 years ago. And I don't know what the hell happened, but he started trolling and started flip-flopping between Ethereum is great. Oh no, I was just kidding. Bitcoin's the thing. And and you'd see the, the two camps cheer and rah-rah or boo and burn him at the stake, no matter which way he flipped. I kind of think I got to the point where I just saw Udi as somebody who really didn't give a shit about anything and honestly i'm not even saying that he gives like he's just all in it for himself as much as he just seems to be somebody who likes to manipulate as many people as he can and get them to react and i call those button pushers i grew up with those sons of bitches in school i wanted i will not have anything to do with people like that they ethically and and morally are a waste of my time and anything that they're into is something that I say, you know, it's like, that's my signal. That's my red flag. I'm like, Hey, if you like this, that, and and you're this kind of person, I kind of want to stay away from that. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't even, I haven't even tried to figure out how to do an inscription because I, I just don't care. I, it's yeah. not, you know, the, the people that are involved with that are just people that I don't want to be hanging out with. I mean, I got, I got more than enough people that I know are good, solid Joes. And if I knew every single one of them in, and were like good friends with them in my life, I would far exceed the Dunbar number. So I consider myself lucky. Wise words indeed. So last topic before we close out the recorded section and then uh, have perhaps have some plebs over for, for Q and a uh, we've see so maybe a couple of months back, you were tweeting pretty prolifically about uh, some of the train de- derailments that were happening, which was certainly raised eyebrows. Yeah. Right. So 
So give give us give us a give us a solid conspiracy theory, Nani. On, I mean, it could be train derailments. It could be Fed, the Fed now, CBDCs. What have you got? Just give us a good one. The the one that I love the most is the the continued destruction of food processing plants and storage facilities in the United States over this last year. Something about that doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. And it's all hanging in like on at the same time that you got Bill Gates and the rest of his ilk pushing fake meat and plant-based items for food. And the notion that cows are killing the planet, which we can go into as to why that's definitely not, not the case. Actually, we got to, got to go into it because that's patently so untrue that any freshman biologist would probably understand that no the way that evolution works is that these animals are part of that environment and you can't just take them off of that environment and expect that environment to do anything but degrade so you got like what like small planes flying into grain silos you got 18,000 dairy cows just poof up in smoke in central Texas. And that was like last month. And that's just two of the ones that I remember. It's one after another, after another, there's been like at least 50, if not a full 100 of these food plants, meat packing, packing plants, grain silage, all kinds of shit, just catching on fire and burning to the ground all of a sudden. Sure. This has happened before in the past, but not to this degree, not anywhere close. This is like a hundred X as to anything that occurred ever before. Train derailments. We have train derailments all the time because our infrastructure is falling apart, but the decision to light that son of a bitch in Ohio on fire, I got questions about that. I, I, I'm like, dude, you, you could have contained it right there, but no, you send it into like this toxic cloud into the sky. Why? So I personally, if I want to tenfold hat myself into oblivion, all that shit's connected. And it has the singular purpose to make sure that we have to eat the food that they want us to eat, use the money they want us to use. And they're doing it for just control. And the question becomes why? And I think it's just narcissism. I think it's the, I think it's honestly the simplest. It's not lizard people from space. It's not some kind of, you know, weird plan to do like like plan X from outer space or anything like that. I think that it's just the hubris of people that are so used to getting their way, watching their fathers and their mothers and their mothers' mothers and fathers' fathers in these gigantic rich ass families that have always gotten their way, that there's an end game to that. And you finally get these fucking psychotic people that just don't care about anything other than maybe having more control than their old man had. And we're all the ones that are caught in the middle. You know, I mean, that I honestly think it's simpler than you know, planned depopulation of the planet. Although, if I want to expand my tinfoil hat, if you were super rich and you were narcissistic AF, 
then wouldn't you want to have it all to yourself and we're just in the way? I'd be curious to know which, uh, you know, if there's a trend to the farms and the, you know, in the, uh, the, 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 the factory farming and whatnot, if they're, if they're not part of a big conglomerate or if they're just kind of like how the regional banks are getting burned to the ground and getting absorbed, is it just, uh, you know, or like COVID when all the small, small businesses were closed, but corporations were open. Um, yeah. You know, we see this big trend of, of kind of it, just burning the outside to centralize the inside, you know? Well, uh, 19, 1973, Nixon's uh, uh, USDA secretary, the Department of Agriculture secretary, uh, Butts, Earl Butts. This is 1973. And the entire push was you will plant commodity crops from fence row to fence row. And if you do not, then you will end up, we, we will not subsidize you. That's when subsidies were, were basically put on the table for farmers. And if you didn't do that, if you wanted to do like have some cattle and some sheep and you know, vegetables and maybe some corn or something like that. You, you did not survive. So you kiss the family farm goodbye and you put it up for sale and the conglomerates bought it and they got bigger and bigger. And now we have ConAgra and Phillips Daniel Midland or whatever that thing is. And all the rest of the food conglomerates, it's all the same pattern. See, that's, I look for patterns and it's the same pattern as what's going on in banking. And that's the same pattern as in control of food. It's, it's all the same thing. It's just a different way to express it. It's like, it's like saying fuck you in Spanish versus Italian. You're saying the same thing, just in two different languages. Agreed. With um, those words of wisdom, Nanil, I think uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good time um, to end the recorded portion of the show. So, QW, you do the honors. We're good. <laughs>